Is your mindset about money passed down from generation to generation? Do you think your current money mindset was influenced by your ancestors? Researchers have recently found that a parent or guardian's financial attitude can be inherited by their children, putting them at risk for lifelong insecurity. So what can you do to break the cycle and give your children the best chance for a successful future? In this episode, Laurie and I talk about building generational wealth. We discuss the importance of curiosity about your own money story. Learning about your financial beliefs that you may have inherited helps you decide if they serve you or not. And if you decide they no longer serve you, you can make new financial choices that do serve you, your values, and those of future generations to come. To discover Laurie's untapped secret roadmap to mastering money, visit www.unshakablewealth.com forward slash free. I'm Bob Wheeler, and this is Money You Should Ask, where we explore why we do what we do when it comes to money. Laurie is a financial ninja with a bachelor's in finance and a master's of business administration from one of the top 20 business schools in the world. After leaving the corporate world of finance, she founded her business, Unshakable Wealth, where Laurie turned her attention to help others inspire and empower 1 million people to take control of their money and start building wealth to not only achieve financial freedom, but also massively impact the world. After arriving in the USA with $20, a bag of clothes, no knowledge of English, and no acquaintances, she turned that $20 into a six-figure empire in her 20s and invested in multi-million dollar assets in her 30s. Lottie, it's so great to have you on the show. Thank you. Very happy to be here. So, you know, a lot of people feel that wealth is something you're born into or you get really lucky, maybe by winning the lottery, something like that. As a wealth coach, how do you coach people into wealth? It's a very interesting question, you know, and there is definitely a misconception that people are born into wealth and they come from trust funds and a lot of passed down. But if you look at the statistics, majority of people are self-made millionaires, self-made people. And why? Because they come from those backgrounds of adversity, challenging backgrounds, and that's what shapes us. Right. We think that the difficult childhood, it's a roadblock. It's it's a stopping point to go to that wealth that we desire and dream about. Yet, if we just take a few steps back and utilize that as our superpower, the super strength, then that's what propels and inspire us and motivates us to get where we need to get in terms of becoming wealthy. And that's why those people that are self-millionaires, they look at their past and take that as their treasure to where they're going. So no, those that do not come from wealthy background actually have more advantage and more strength and more motivation, if looked at it right, to get where they need to go. Yes. As you were talking, I was thinking, so if I'm born in the USA and things are pretty good, I'm sort of at a disadvantage because I haven't had to face adversity. I might not have the motivation to do something different because I'm sort of comfortable. 
Yeah. And, you know, I want to say so much about U.S. because as human beings, we sometimes fall into, not sometimes, a lot of times, into the mindset, right? Either there's not enough or my situation is a little bit more different, which it is. Every situation is unique. But what makes you you is who you are, no matter where you come from. And working through that mindset of, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter what the other people have. It doesn't matter if I'm from the U.S. or if I'm not from the U.S. What matters is that I am unique. And what makes me me is who I am and the steps that I took in this life and the experiences that I have. So being in U.S., it gives you so much opportunity to learn things that you wouldn't learn outside of the U.S. And if, again, we turn that and turn the tables around and look at it in a different light, then we take those things like, for example, so in the U.S., we have a lot of folks that live paycheck to paycheck, right? But that paycheck to paycheck situation, it makes you a different person because now you're learning those difficulties. Now you're learning the wisdom that comes from there. Of course, if you have the mindset or if you're working towards mindset of acknowledging those things, building awareness, and therefore you're on your way to the step one of success. Baby steps, right? Not leap jumps right away because when a baby is born, it doesn't go and do a race or runs a marathon. It has to learn how to crawl. It has to learn how to take the first step and fall on its butt. And then little by little, it starts to walk and then runs. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So once people change that mindset, how does financial freedom change lives? How does that make a difference? This is such an important thing that you're touching on, Bob, because a lot of times we see things right in front of us and it's challenging to see the biggest impact that we can make by becoming financially free. Financial freedom, first and foremost, gives us peace in the ability to free our mind from worrying about the survival mode into, okay, my basic needs are met. So I have food, shelter, and the things that I desire. And by the way, the things that are desired in terms of financial freedom it's not something that should make you feel bad or something that you're out of this, you know, out of shape, so to speak. Those things were put in your heart by God. And that's your own desires that you should fulfill. You need to because that's going to make you a better person. So once you've done that, then the next step is your mind has the energy now, the ability and the capacity to focus on how can I make a bigger impact on life? How can I help those that are in need, that don't have sometimes the ability to even take the first step, right? And there's different missions and you have to look at what's close to your heart. I have a friend, she's very passionate about pets. So she guides her financial stability and her financial what she has in terms of finances and in terms of energy and desires into the pet mission. Others have, like me, orphanages. I was 16 when my mom left me with a four-year-old child. Not mine. It was my brother's, her child. But because of the adversity that I come from, I had to raise him by myself on a $100 budget, which 50 of that would go to his medication. So I and him were basically orphans. So my heart goes to orphanages and that's where I can help. But aside from that, it doesn't even have to be ministry, so to speak. 
it just can be and it should be spreading the word of financial literacy. The better financially we're doing together, the more impact we can have, the better quality of life we can have. And there doesn't need to, like, you don't need, no one a hero by being poor. No one gets awarded by staying broke. Like, you are meant to thrive. You are meant to enjoy life. It's just only one life that we all get. So we got to take advantage of it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was thinking, you're talking about mindset, you're talking about financial freedom, and I was watching a video that you did. You're talking, it was with yourself, but two different people. But the conversation was, I have more money than you do. I'm wealthier than you. And I know this because I have a nicer car and I have fancier clothes, right? And the other person is able to say, well, you may make more money, but I have more money. And I think there's a misconception that to be wealthy or to be rich means to have millions of dollars of liquid cash to be able to spend on a daily basis. And that's not what financial freedom is. It'd be great, but for most of it, it's being able to make choice. It's being able to prioritize. And it's not about, oh, I can spend a million dollars a day, so I'm rich. You're spot on, Bob. Yes. And I'm going to make it this very concise. Rich equals money. Wealth equals time. So as a rich person, you can accumulate the funds, but it, what you do with them and how you manage it and steward it, it's going to make an impact on your life and an impact on people's that you are touching their lives. That's not, number one. Number two, it's not about how much you make. It's about how much of that you keep and how you steward it. We know and seen so many lottery stories where people win the lottery and they just spend it all and then wake up in the same place where they were before they won the lottery. As a matter of fact, not only that, I, as an entrepreneur, I go into the circles of entrepreneurs and I talk to the, the folks and there's many of them that I see making a lot. They're making a lot. They're keeping very little because they fall, not all, but I see a percentage of them that they fall into the lifestyle creep where the funds go on things that are just money drainages and not in the places where they, the money grows, such as investing, and where you can make that impact rather than spending it on goods. Now, don't get me wrong. I am all about don't deprive yourself because being on money starvation diet doesn't work. Enjoy life, but at the same time, be very wise because wealth is going to give you the time to do what you love, to live life on your terms. Money is just not stewarded right. It's not going to be something that will serve you well. And it's not necessarily sustainable mm -hmm. if you don't steward it. Now, you have an interesting story. You came to the U.S. $20, and then you didn't speak English. But you were able to build a six-figure empire and started investing in multimillion-dollar assets. Can you walk us through that story? I mean, you got 20 bucks. How do you land in the U.S.? I mean, did you fly over? Did you, like, how did you get here? And then how did it unfold? Yeah, so I'm going to take a few steps back to give you the context. I indeed come from very difficult background in terms of financials. And just mindset, it's generation after generation of very poor 
limiting mindset and belief. And as I mentioned earlier, I was left at 16 in my country with a brother to raise for five years on our own. And I wanted something better. I wanted a better future. So once my brother was fine and all was good in terms of paperwork for him to go with my mom to the country that she was in, I wanted to come to the U.S. Now, for me, coming from Eastern Europe, U.S. means Mars. <laughs> That's how when I when I was growing up, it it was a far planet and a world that it was impossible to get to. And it was funny because when I was watching the American-made movies, I would see like the highways, the spaghetti highways, and I was thinking that that's just in the movies. I would see the bus taking the kids or like the very beautifully manicured lawns. And even my mom and my grandma would say, "Oh no, this is just in the movies. That's not reality. There's no place like this in the world." So I borrowed the money to buy the flights and get to United States. And I get here and loved it. Loved it. Everything was amazing. I worked through the summer when I came. And being in Texas, I ran into... So I worked and gave all the money back. I was left with a certain amount of money. And Hurricane I came, which was in, in Texas. And I had to evacuate. So all the money got spent on sheltering and all of that stuff for, for the hurricane. So I was literally left with $20 at the airport and a bag of clothes. And no English because I worked in the position that I learned throughout the summer, some English, but like literally high was like my English <laughs> at the time. So with that, I wanted to, I really wanted a different future. I want a different generational story for me, for my kids and where I came from. So I'm like, okay, what's the next step? The next step is to work through the documents, to change it to a student, to get into the right paperwork. So I started doing that. And it was a lot of like, I don't even remember how many times I moved. And like, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was a, a fun thing to do, but I, the, needless to say, I'd slept on the floor I had one sheet that I brought from home. Literally, it was no pillow, just a sheet and just a desire to build a better future. So I got a degree in finance. Then I joined the biggest oil and gas or energy company in the world, publicly traded, and worked for almost a decade, gaining experience there in finance and accounting, and then decided to get my MBA from University of Texas College Business School. Of business, which is number 20 in the world for masters. Very, very happy with this. And I was having a great life, but I felt a bit selfish for not helping. I know where I came from. I know where people are when they're in the same situation. My voice is getting good. I'm like, don't cry right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I know how it feels. I've been in those shoes for many, many years. And just to give you a little bit more insight, whenever I was living with my brother, we can't afford to pay any bills. Like we owe money to everybody. And they will come, the authorities will come and knock at the door to demand the payments, to cut yet another pipe or yet another bill. I mean, it was winters with no heat and it was harsh winters, very harsh winters. I mean, negative five, 10 Fahrenheit. So we were hiding behind the door pretending that no one is home. <laughs> so they would 
they still cut the, the pipes and the electricity because it was outside. So that didn't stop them, but demanding payment. And it was, I mean, it's just like I said, it makes, the, these things are what makes me who I am today and the things that I can bring back. So going back to, I felt like I needed to give back. I felt that if I stay here, I only think about myself as the comfortable life. I'm making a good income, but I wanted to impact the world. I wanted to help those that need the help. So that's why I became a wealth coach. That's why I'm such a big proponent of financial literacy and all of us together building a better world. And you talk about your own struggles to not go back to the old mindset. I want to bring this up because I think a lot of people think, oh, I've worked it all out. I'm done and I can just move on. And the truth is our story can stay with us a little bit or it tries to creep back in. And we have to be mindful and aware to say, oh, <laughs> there's that story coming back. I'm not buying into that. This is the new story that I've chosen. And I just wonder how for you, how do you catch it? Like when something starts to creep in and then how do you nurture staying on course for the story that changes your family dynamic? Yeah. So the two Bob are intertwined for sure. Staying on course and changing that family dynamic. And also how do I recognize when I hit those things? It's a lot of awareness. It is a work in progress and being from generation of generation, if you're, we're thinking of neuro level, your cells are almost soaked in into the things that were passed down. And unless it's a conscious awareness every day, then it's hard to not fall into the previous patterns. So for example, as an entrepreneur, as the one that starts again from scratch, yet again, <laughs> you find every day different roadblocks and the tendency to fall back into the comfort zone. But yet when I do, and I question myself, like, why do I feel this way? Do I feel this way because I have something that was pre-programmed in my subconscious mind and I need to like bring it to light and push through? Or do I feel my, like this because I just, I'm missing a skill that I need to acquire and work on to push through? And it's a combination sometimes. Sometimes it's a clear cut. And when I see that it's from like, oh, hold on a second. Like I am right now, and the scarcity mindset is the one that it creeps up the most, right? Because as an entrepreneur, you're here developing that relationship and trying to help other people. But sometimes there are setbacks and you're like, okay, let me not do this. You know, or like, let me go back and rethink this. And then at that point in time, like, no, this is my scarcity mindset. How would my wealthy mindset, my abundance mindset change this picture? Because this is not the movie that I want to be in. And this is not the scene that I want to build in the next month or two or, or three or five years. So the key to it is awareness. Asking yourself, why do I feel this way? Is it the scarcity or is it an abundance? And if it's can't recognize if those two are it or skill, the third one, then how do I want this to be? So always putting that in perspective of the vision of the human being and the identity that I want to become in wealth rather than focusing on sheltering in and going back. Yeah. Well, and so when you work with other people, like it doesn't happen overnight, right? You're coaching them, they're working with it. And then a light switch maybe turns on 
And what happens when, because there's a, at some point there's an aha moment, or maybe not, maybe it's just gradual, but what sort of happens when your clients make that shift? You know, it's just so amazing to see their aha moments because we see progress, great progress. And I see this with every client that I coach, little steps, but big aha moments. And for example, I have client Bogdan. He comes from the very adverse background. And the moment we were talking about wealth, the moment we started to unveil his financial plan and talked about, hey, I want to start my business. And he's like, but I don't have the money right now to start my business. Like, I need to work on X, Y, Z, get another side thing that he was doing at the time. And what we were talking about, look, investing in yourself, it's very, very important. And I know that we go through that mindset of, I need to shelter this money. I need to like keep it in my savings. I need to, you know, protect that at all costs. It is keeping you away from going farther into your business. And this is when he was like, well, you know, perhaps it's because I feel this way because my mom came here and it was, his mom was an immigrant, very, very stressed that she didn't have anything. She sheltered the money and she told me, you know, don't give, don't trust anyone. You know, you're on your own and stuff like that. So then he was realizing that these things were passed on to him. Not that his mom was bad. It was just the, the whole, you know, difficulty that puts you in that scarce mindset. So he was like, oh my gosh, I know where this is coming. It's not that I don't have the money. It's just the story. So now I need to shift that. I need to understand that investing in myself is the number one priority. And guess what? I mean, three months later, he has a business. He did the LLC. He went through the whole setting up. Not only that, he negotiated, like together working with us, I negotiated $20,000 and his salary, saving now $2,500 a month. He is on a roll just with that mindset switch. So how do you tell the difference between somebody that says, okay, I want to start my own business, right? And they're clear about that. And the other person that says, you know, I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to sell pineapples and I'm going to make $10 billion. Like, and maybe it's not realistic, right? In other words, not every idea, not every business is going to be like three months later, I'm making $10 million. And maybe three months later, you're making $50,000 or 25,000, right? But most of us, and you're from Texas, so everything's got to be big, right? Maybe it's like got to be exponentially off the charts. And so how do you dial that back to more realistic approach? Or how do you let somebody know that, you know, it's a fun idea and you feel passionate about it, there may not be a market for that. Yeah. So it's a lot of introspection, a lot of questions. So we can go through a questionnaire of what your skills are, what do you like doing, what the world's needs, needs are, and what the industry out there. So first, before we go, the desires are big and that's fine. I don't tame down the desires. We go to, through the questionnaire and they have a very detailed self-reflection. And once the detailed self-reflection is done, then we merge that. And I love using the Ikigai model where you find your purpose and the skills that you have to serve the world. But once we go through that, then we get a little bit more deeper in terms of how do we actually make it happen realistically? Like, what does that mean in terms of your goal? What does that mean in terms of 
three months activities. Now let's break it down in terms of one week activities. Like what are your actions? What are your actions every day? Now, like we would go and break it down to every single day, what your goal is for that day, what your action is for that day to fulfill that big goal. And then once you take it from the conceptual idea to a very structural, practical way to put this into a plan, and we do this at the quick high level because once you see the idea could or could not be a good one, then if you drill too fast and too deep into it, it will take too much time. So we do that really quick to do like a, a quick diagnosis of it. And then we move on. And it's not, I empower people. I don't tell them you should or should not do. I help and guide and as an empowerment tool for them to come to that realization and make the best decision for themselves. I always say, I could give you the fish, but I will do such a disservice to you. I am going to teach you how to fish so you do not need me anymore, so you can surpass me. If I, as a mentor and as a coach, done my job and you surpass me, I've done better than any dream that I ever had in terms of coaching. So that's the goal, to empower them to make the right decisions for themselves. It's interesting that you chose that analogy because I think, unfortunately, or for whatever reason, a lot of people just want the fish and not understanding that, yeah, there's some work involved. Like there are certain things I'll say, oh, I really want to do that. And then I find out what's involved. I reassess and say, yeah, I don't really want to do that because in this place, I don't like there's not enough payoff for me to invest my time or to invest my money. So I'm going to pivot and go somewhere else. But if I don't explore it, then I don't know because it's not my choice. Then I'm just a victim. No, I looked at it. I assessed it. And we do have the right to change our minds. And we do have the right to backtrack a decision and pivot. And I think like for me, I didn't know that. I thought I had to figure it out, do it right perfectly the first time instead of gather the evidence, realize, yeah, I want to go in a different direction. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and and definitely, I I love numbers, so I'll go all my numbers. <laughs> Show me the money in the numbers, don't just me. But uh, sometimes what happens is the idea could be good, and we could be a quarter into the things that we need to do for that idea, and then we decide that, yeah, maybe that's actually not my passion. Maybe that's not actually where I wanted to go, and that's okay. That is part of also searching yourself, but. Uh, one thing to understand is that even that quarter taught you something very important. You have learned. And that's what the difference between those that just go from one thing to another and those that actually learn is sitting down and analyzing what you've gone through. Not bad or good, but what you, what you learn from this? How is that? whatever business venture that you started or just situation, how did that make you better? And where you can apply that skill and how you can adjust it to serve you better on your next adventure, so to speak. And life, we all think that life is all about the destination, but life is not about the destination. It really is about the journey. Is what you experience, good, bad. I mean, that's what makes us human. You can't know how to be happy and awesome and incredible if you didn't taste the other side, right? You don't know what salty is if you didn't taste the sugar and vice versa. So it's important to understand that every single thing that you go through, to appreciate it, analyze it, 
learn from it. The other thing that I've noticed from the clients is those who do really, really well are those that have the desire and the grit. Because as you said, Bob, there's hard work involved. And in the money space, it's about working smarter. Make your money work hard for you, not you working hard for them. So the money is your slave. You're not the slave to the money. Knowing that and having those learnings injected into that money machine of smartness and wiseness, it's going to get those people to where they need to go or you. It's going to get you where you need to go. And that's what I see with the clients. Having the grit, the desire, and the awareness and writing those learnings down and see what you can do better next time. And never, never blame yourself. Never look back and, oh my gosh, I should have done this or I should have done that. No, it's, I am going to go do this. I'm, next time I'll do that. That's how success works. Build on it. Absolutely. And I would just say to people out there that are thinking, oh, it's hard work. The payoff is amazing, but it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be rough going sometimes. And if you can keep your eye on the prize of changing that mindset and accumulating wealth, the payoff is amazing. Because even if you don't have a billion dollars in your account, but you have amazing relationships, you get to travel, you have a roof over your head, that is wealthy. So it's worth the journey. It's worth the fight. Do the work. Yeah. And I just want to mention, give one analogy, perfect analogy. Think of a seed. When you plant the seed in the ground, it's dark. (laughs) It is dark in that ground. And it takes a lot for that little ring that comes out of that seed, which is very delicate, to push through that ground up and up and up to get to above the ground and then bear fruit. So if you stay and understand that it is the journey and it is going to be dark at times and you need to push through until you get above the ground, like can you reap the fruits, then you're going to be doing just fine. That's right. Plant the seed. Well, we are at the Fast Five. The Fast Five is brought to you by FamZoo, preparing kids for the financial jungle. Prepaid cards and a family finance app for kids, teens, and parents. Keep your kids on a budget, track chores, automate allowances, and encourage saving. If you want your kid to learn money habits that match your values, sign up for FamZoo. To learn more, check out the link in the show notes. All right, let's see what happens. What is your average weekly spend? Weekly spend, it's $2,556. What does your husband think you spend too much money on? He thinks that I don't spend enough money. (laughs) All right. When do you feel most confident with money? Whenever I put it in my investment account. (laughs) (laughs) If you could save everybody in the world from making one money mistake, what would it be? Think that whatever you come from is stopping you to go where your dreams want you to go. What's the one thing that you love to splurge on and it's always worth it? Organic food. (laughs) And it's good for you. All right. Well, we're at the M&M spot, our sweet spot, money and motivation. Do you have a practical financial tip or a piece of wealth wisdom you could share with our listeners? Something that you use in your life that they could take home and do themselves? Yeah. Automate your savings and investing. And I know you hear that probably a lot. Maybe it's not your first time to hear this, or maybe it is your first time. Either way, if you automate it, you don't have to worry about it and you have put your financial success on autopilot. Start with as little 
as you can and build it up from there. But the most important thing is to start. That's awesome. And I don't think we can say that enough. For me, automation is a way to beat myself at my own game, <laughs> to beat myself at my own mindset. Expense it out, get it going, even if you're starting with five bucks. Because if you're waiting for the bonus, if you're waiting for the pay raise, if you're waiting for that windfall, it's not coming. <laughs> like, there's always a story. Just get started. Just get started. So I love that. I've really loved this conversation. I know we're very much in alignment about mindset. Some of the stuff that I really appreciated was that you don't tell people what they should and shouldn't do. This place of encouragement, let them figure it out. I think it's so important to create that safe space. And you reminded us not to judge ourselves because we can be our, our worst critic. And if we can just learn from stuff, for me, I like to just find things interesting. Wow, isn't that interesting? I really like having no money in my bank account. Wow, I'm so curious about why I keep repeating this thing that I say I don't like. And to really create a space to start to self-reflect, because if we don't know our story, if we don't know where we want to go, it's really hard to get there. If you've got a GPS and you don't know the address you need to get to, you're not going anywhere. And even if you put in the right address, you still got to monitor it to make sure it didn't take you down a detour or that a road wasn't closed. You have to be proactive and you have to participate and you have to be intentional, in my opinion, if you want to get to the other side. And so I think really when you talked about that, figure out what aligns, what I'm good at, what's my purpose, because we all have a purpose. And if we can tap into it and show up in the world that makes the world a better place, we get to pass on the legacy of our gifts. And so I just so appreciate you coming in and sharing all this. And I wish you lots more organic food in your future. Where can people find you online? All those good things. Thank you, Bob. I really appreciate it. Had a lot of time with you guys here. I am happy that you've got a lot of value. To get in touch with me, just go to unshakablewealth.com slash free and get a free untapped secret roadmap. It's a roadmap that I put together to master your money. You will not find that on Google. It is very unique and very works, okay? It's <laughs> very much something that works. Works because I've gone through it. It works because this is what I help my clients. So it's free. So get it and, and get the, the things rolling that we talked about it. And follow me on Instagram, shoot me a DM, find me on Facebook, Lottie Finance, shoot me a message on Facebook. I'm available, happy to help, happy to guide, and happy to cheer for you on your wealth journey because money is not the root of all evil. Money is the root of all good. If you take it and look at it as a hammer that actually builds houses, right? For a family to have shelter and live or something and you should not you can use a hammer to hurt someone so money is a tool use it wisely for yourself because you deserve it and to impact the world and give a better place for those that do need you your greatness your uniqueness that's awesome well we will put all that up and roadmaps are so important because they help us get where we want to go and enjoy the journey because I don't really want to get to the destination. I want to take the longest route possible with as much pleasure as possible. So thank you again so much for being on the show. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. Y'all have a good one. Awesome. Thank you so much. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode. Did you learn something new about your relationship to money today? Maybe you have a friend who has some financial blocks or beliefs that are holding them back. Please share this podcast so they too can get off the roller coaster ride of financial fears and journey towards financial freedom. To learn how to have a healthy relationship with money, visit themoneynerve.com. That's nerve, not nerd. We'll be back next week with another perspective on money and the emotions that bind us. Blah, 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 blah.